this is the box office bomb squad where you break down some of this bomb. <laughs> Let's start over. Uh, okay, here we go. I want to alive. <laughs> This is the Box Office Bomb Squad, where we break down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters, and today's bomb is 2022's Amsterdam. What will my Beatrice think about the missing eye business and the scars and the scars on my back and everything? Can we do anything about that, Valerie? I know benefactors in a hospital in Amsterdam. They'll give you a new eye. Amsterdam? When I was first going through France a couple of years ago, okay, things were a little more difficult. I had to stab a guy. I had to hit a lady with a brick one time. What? Wow. Yeah, it's a long story, but with you two, it'll be a cakewalk. And besides, I'm far better at forging documents now. All right. Amsterdam by David O. Russell. Um, as always, whenever there is controversy behind an actor or a movie, I always start with this little bit here where we are rating the art. We are not rating the creator. The creator, David O. Russell, has been come out to be of kind of a shitty person who treats his uh, staff very poorly. Um, he's a megalomaniac and he's an asshole and we get it. And it, we're not worried about that. Worry about the film. Um, with that being said, I'm going to just continue on as if we're not even paying attention to that. So this movie opens second after uh, a constant reference of Jesse's. Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Woo. It dropped to fifth in its second weekend, uh, which is not good. <laughs> it only made $31 million of an $80 million budget. Uh, there is, and it, is it a perfect film? No. Uh, there are plenty of problems with this film. Um, is there a connection between all the David O. Russell stuff being revealed and the bad box office of this film? Yes, there absolutely is. Uh, with that being said, we're going to kind of break into it and talk about what we liked and disliked about this film. So let's talk about it. You know how many fucking bugs Dave Bautista has to stay that big? <laughs> so many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big poop. Had to be an ass joke. Oh my God, let's talk about it. I will say starting out that I have mostly positive things to say about this film. Um, but I will say this for people out there that are critic heads, you know, and they just were watching what the critics are putting this film wanders a lot. It wanders all over the place. At times it's very odd. The pacing is almost impossible to follow. It's very distracting. But for me, the relationships between the trio all feel right. They, oh yeah. They, they just feel good. If uh, this movie would have pushed more into the comedic and gave us a little more wackiness or more into the drama and gave us a more powerful message, I think it would have been a great film. Instead, we get a messy film, but it's fine. And and we're going to talk about it. And I just don't want people out there being like, oh, this guy isn't looking at all the problems in the film. I do see the problems. If you dislike this film, I 100% understand why. If you like this film, I 100% understand why. It is an odd film. It is an odd film that will forever be divisive. Uh, I don't know 
how better to put that to start before we start talking about everything because I am going to sound like I'm just gushing over this film because I have a lot of positive things to say about the performances in the film. Are there bad performances? Yes, Rami Malek, he's saying this, but Rami Malek gives the weakest performance in this film. His character seems like he's never quite in the same room with anyone else. He's kind of staring off into the distance. Um, But honestly, that's the only performance I really am criticizing in this. And we just have a lot to say. So, Jesse, um, this cast is fucking massive. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, you got Margot Robbie, you know, you got Harley Quinn, you got Batman, Christian Bale, you got Zod, Michael Shannon, mm-hmm. you got Magic, Ina Taylor Joy, you got Gamora, Zoe Saldana, you got fucking Austin Powers and Mike Myers, you got Chris Rock, you got Robert De Niro, you got Timothy Olyphant, I know, yeah, and I know you love you some Timothy Olyphant. I do, but they uglied him up in this movie. Oh, he has got pox <laughs> scars. He is hideous in this. Yeah. Well, they. He's playing a terrible racist, so they yes, wanted to make him as ugly as on the inside as he is on the outside. Yeah. Which this movie does have a lot of messages of like inner and outer beauty being a thing. Sure. Uh, and I, I just love John David Washington. He, he has all of the like monogram, uh, monogram monologue chops of his father, Denzel. Yeah. But he doesn't have that bombastic Denzel hua thing going on, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it works so well for him. Um, Anya Taylor Joy is fantastic in almost everything she does, and in this one, she plays such a weird character, but she does it so well. I really liked it. Um, a, an actress that I don't know much about, Andrea uh, Andrea Riceborough. She played Beatrice. Yeah. She is such an interesting character because she's she's a bad guy in this film. Yeah, she, yeah. But she does it in a way that is almost like hard to tell that she's being so negative. She's, very interesting. She's a narcissist. Oh, it's 100%, all, all yeah. about her, and that that is very hard to tell. You know, because that's the whole. I mean, point. even even Christian Bale can't tell. But God, there's a line where. Zoe Salzana says, do you need them yes. or do you choose oh. them? And I, and you can say whatever you want about the messiness of this film. That line is so good. So good, man. Oh, because that is exactly that what relationships are. Do you need them or do you choose them? Cause there are, I know a lot of relationships where people just, they need each other. Yeah. They can't be alone. They can't afford things on their own. That's, they need help with their kids. They just need that other or person or they're but, codependent or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But to choose the other person to choose them means so much. Yeah. And there's a lot of relationships in this film. My favorite relationship <laughs> being Michael Shannon and <laughs> Mike Myers. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> when they're talking about birds and then when Mike Myers gets the drink splash in his face and it's like, you monster, what you've done to the whole just society. He's like, History will prove me right. <laughs> like I, I just drinks like, on me, literally. <laughs> and like the that's the thing about the movie is there's so many bits like that that just take away from the story to go into something else that people kind of were like, I don't like that. But to me, that's what made this movie feel so, uh, for lack of a better word, so real. Yeah. Because life Cause doesn't nothing was linear. Yeah, life is not linear. There are side stories and little things here and there. Every every character 
in your story of life has an entire story all their own that you are not even remotely involved in. And that's how that feels. Yeah, and then, like, some characters it taking so long for something to happen with them, like uh, like Michael Myers' Canterbury, Canterbury Glass. We make all <laughs> things glass, except for windows, unless, of course, the they're bulletproof. bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, just, like, every, like, the fact that it took so long for anything to progress with that character, but then Taylor Swift's character is, like, in and out of the story in, like, a scene I love that. I love how haphazard everything was. And a lot of people hated that. And I understand why you hate that. Because if you're reading a book where a new character is introduced and then one character that's introduced in chapter one doesn't come back to three books later in a late chapter, and then this other character is introduced as a main character and they die second page in, you'd go, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Uh, but – Man, I, I will admit that Robert De Niro is a little flat in this performance, but he does give one of my favorite lines in the film. Uh, you have it on cue here. Whoever's shooting at me is a coward. <laughs> Whoever's shooting at me is a coward. I, I don't know why I like that line so much, but it's just like he's on stage. He gets shot at. It blows up a vase next to him, and he doesn't even like react. He just says that and yeah. moves on with his speech. He's like, I've been Love shot at that. on three different continents. I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you men had any bravery, you'd be quiet. <laughs> uh, God, what a what fresh hell is this? <laughs> yeah, Christian Bale in this is just so endearing. Now, oh God, I will say such this: such a good character. He is basing his character on uh, on Columbo. <laughs> Peter like, Falk, yeah, it, it's Peter Falk's Columbo hardcore. I didn't realize uh, it until you said it, and I was he, like, "Oh got, shit, it is." <laughs> he's got the glass eye. He talks like this when he talks. Yeah. Everything he says is kind of a little bit of a question. He cocks his head. He slouches and he uses his hands a lot, just like Peter Falk. He is he is Columbo. I fucking love Columbo. So maybe I have a weak spot for his character because of that. But I, I, I don't know. And Margot Robbie's character is so madcap, but she's so straight laced while doing it. It's like, she's still the Harley Quinn character, but she's completely serious while doing it. When she's showing off her art and she's like, Oh, Oh no, I'm okay. As long as I have my lipstick and <laughs> one of her great lines, which is in the intro where she's like, yeah, I went through France, blah, blah, blah. I had to stab a guy, hit a lady with a brick. But it should be a lot easier. Like She just says it like it's just nothing. And I – It was a Thursday. The doll scene, <laughs> the doll where, where she's scaring on his Taylor Joy with the doll. She's like – And she keeps doing that. I, I, I like that stuff. Yeah. And Zoe Saldana, I feel like – I wish we would have gotten a, a little ending with her because I really liked the relationship they created between her and Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, because they're both like people they're, they're both people that medically are very intelligent, but are looked upon as if they're nothing just because of their lot in life, him being disfigured and her being a black woman, which is the point where she lies and says she's Portuguese, Yeah, which <laughs> I didn't know you were Portuguese. I'm not. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, Timothy Oliphant looking wild in this film. Yeah, man, he's got a messed up grill, and his complexion is all screwed up. They call him the red like face a, man. He's a white supremacist. Yeah. Oh man, uh, Ed Begley's in this movie, and I like Ed Begley or Begley, 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 Ed Begley, Begley, 
Beagley. I don't know why I was saying it wrong. Ed Beagley Jr. is in this film. He's the general, or not the general. Uh, he's Bill Meekins. I, yeah, I think he, he he's a general. Yeah, okay, I think you're right. Meekins he's and um, uh, uh, Dylan Beck. Yeah, uh, I think they're both. Robert generals. De Niro's kid. Yeah, yeah Robert okay. Uh, he's in it. We only get like one line of dialogue from him, and then he's dead. Uh, but I do like him in that. I I think he's underused in a lot of things. Uh, I actively laughed in this movie when uh, I, I saw this movie in theaters, first off, I'll say that. And whenever they're in the hospital and they're trying to get her to throw away the shrapnel and they're all yelling in French, but Christian Bale doesn't know French. And he's like, what is happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that scene makes me laugh so much because he's, like, laughing. Like, he's like, oh, my God. Uh, His character in general is just – I absolutely adored the character. He's just he's such so, a good person. And he's, and he's, like, it's sad, too, because, like, he loves Beatrice. He really yeah. does seem to really care for her. And – all they're looking at is the image of what he creates for them. And, and when he realizes that it's way too late for, her, but he realizes it. And when he, when she's like, you can move into the house and he's like, no, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> like I love, no thanks. no, thanks. No, thanks. I really liked that line. I was like, yes, tell her I did sort of want him to run away with his friends at the end. And when he had that vision of doing it, I was like, man, <sighs> but yeah, Irma, he, I, I do feel like he has a life with Irma here. Yeah, yeah. I will uh, say but... we talked uh, we talked about in the last episode we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, making people tear up. I got the vapors at the end of this one when it shows him with Irma. I was yeah, I was so legitimately happy. I'm like, yes, something good finally happens to him that he deserves. Yeah, and he is a good man uh, to the point where he is given uh, a black regiment to take over because their original commander was a piece of shit who was racist. Yep. And they basically all he asked of him, he's like, are you guys going to shoot me in the back? And they're like, no. And he's like, then we're good to go. And like, <laughs> I, I love that. He's like, as long as you don't kill me, I'm fine. And I, I really liked his character and his relationship with uh, Bert and Harold's relationship. They feel like best friends because yeah. there's a lot of unspoken bits with them, but that's how best friends are. You don't have to say certain things. You guys know what's going on, you know? Sure. And like, they do a great job with that. And I really like Harold's relationship with, uh, Oh, what's Margot Robbie's character's name? Valerie. Valerie. I really like their relationship. I will admit that the Burt and Valerie relationship is a little lacking in this, uh, because all they kind of gave them were their good friends. And it seeming, he seemingly never really directly talks to her. He always sort of talks to her through Harold, which is a little weird, but he's got this like shy nature to himself. Sure. And um, he's married. Yeah, and he's married, yeah. And yeah. I do like I like his relationship with the other vets, uh, especially Lim, the cop, and him bringing up that him and Lim have the same back brace and that they're they're similar, but then they point out the fact that uh, <laughs> Hiltz has flat arches, so he wasn't able to serve, and he's like, you know, you're flat arches. You know, uh, I know that kept you out of the war. Yeah. But Me and Lim, we, we, we got this. We got this. This is a thing. 
Uh, <laughs> you with your flat arch, I, I understand. I understand the flat arch. <laughs> He's just constantly dissing him. That's <laughs> so good. And then Michael Shannon, who he just he's so powerful sounding and just powerful of a man he's just looks powerful he sounds powerful just a great presence him talking about bird watching is about the funniest thing and you're not 100 percent these were alive before uh when he says that like they were alive yeah they're stuffed birds they're stuffed i'm like yes they're clearly these two were these two are extinct uh they used to be alive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when he says that, I'm like, oh, they're just using bird watching as a, a guise. But they're not. They're literally That's do the wa- are br- you there are sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. You can't figure out when they're trying to yeah. be, you know, clandestine and when they're legitimately talking about bird watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this movie does have the exact right amount of Mike Myers though. Yes. Like just enough where you get a taste of what Mike Myers is able to do, but not where he's doing too much. When Michael Shannon is talking about the cuckoo, he's like, it's a parasitic bird. And like when he's like the clearly what he's talking about is like, and I know that there's a lot of complaints about this, but this movie is very much a eat the rich kind of situation. And I know there were some complaints about that because obviously it's like attacking the upper class and blah, blah, blah. Because they want to make society the way they want to make it, and in this yeah. case, very white. Yeah. Uh, we make the finest like, prosthetic glass, industrial <laughs> glass, top secret glass, military glass, every kind of glass except for window glass. Of course, unless it's bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> love that character. I love Canterbury. Yeah. Uh, man, I haven't even read my notes. <laughs> uh, How about when Canterbury's doing the uh, the English sand dance? <laughs> Oh yeah! That, again, <laughs> just enough, just enough of him yeah. doing goofy shit. But like, also, th- they're friends. Like, the, it's another example where they're all dancing and clapping for each other, and you're like, oh, these these people all are friends. They care about each other, yeah. and I love that. Like, you know, back then there weren't you know a lot of picture shows to go to, and you didn't sit around watching movies or anything. A lot of times, what you did was dance, and like, and it just I don't know. This movie has so many moments of just friendship that works so well um and i haven't talked about the elephant in the room which is rami's rami malik just being odd as fuck in this film now i will admit this he plays a character who avoids confrontation at any cost yes and whenever he's talking you're like oh i get that from him i get that yeah and he's secretly a white supremacist yeah it's yeah. strange for rami malik because he's He's not white. Yeah, but (laughs) it's fine. Um, I get it. It, People play characters. But honestly, I didn't mind it so much. He looks good with the fucking debutante mustache, by the way. Yeah, he does, actually. He looked good in the movie. It really works for him. Had almost a Clark Gable thing happening. Oh, he definitely had a a very suave, older-era Hollywood to him. Yeah. They did a great job with that. I enjoyed the character, though. I felt uh, that his... um, what would you call that? Aloofness? Is that when people are just not in the conversation? Yes. Yeah, he is very, like, aloof is a great a great word for it. He I, is so aloof. Yeah, I feel his aloofness was almost because he saw himself as so far above every other person he was talking to that their mm-hmm. comments and side of the conversation really didn't matter to him. Well, and who knows how many of those eye drops he takes. <laughs> oh, that is fast. Oh, that is fast. That is Pow- powerful. That was powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that scene. Because, like, 
he doesn't even hesitate to take one. No. He's like, pain medication? All right. Yeah. Uh man. I would love hey, to get the chemical he, composition of that. Yeah. <laughs> Other one, he's like, she's like, how's the new pill doing? He's like, it's doing very good. Okay. And then he just fucking fights <laughs> my entities out. He's just like, okay. Bam. <laughs> out. <laughs> because at the time, we were very experimental with medicine, and we were putting morphine in pills, and we didn't know how the dosages should work. Put on your pants. Put on your pants. They're gonna. They're gonna take away your medical. <laughs> uh, I. I. There's just so many little bits in this, and again, it's so scattered. I can understand why uh, the average viewer would be like, I just couldn't barely follow it because they don't really want you to follow it. Exactly. I mean, there are characters that show up for a scene and disappear, and we never see them ever again. And like, it's weird. I'll admit. Uh, Chris Rock is interesting in it. You get a dead white man in a box. Even worse, you got a, a a famous dead white man in a box. He's not even in a coffin. He's in a box without a top. <laughs> like, when he's like going on about that. Uh, oh man, I, I Milton is a great character. I could have gone with more Milton to be honest. Oh yeah, I um I found a snippet that Christian Bale actually had to stop talking to Chris Rock on set because he claimed he was <laughs> so funny up. he kept breaking his character. That's funny. That's awesome. Speaking though. of speaking of funny, Christian Bale's hair in this. Wow. Oh, what a my wild God. Look. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, the, he's got that real kinky, curly hair that uh, his character is half Jewish in this, and they play it up with, like, he clearly should have it combed back and, and like, palmated down, but it just comes loose because he's kind of frantic. Yeah. And I just I, I love the way he looks. Just the way he looks is fun. Yeah, oh, I love it. And I love the little, because of his back brace and his back injury, he's always kind of stooped over, you know? Yeah. But he, so he's always kind of looking at everyone sideways and up. Like Columbo. Yeah, and it, it accentuates that mop of hair that he's got going on. Uh, and he, his clothes all are a bit ill-fitting because he has to wear larger shirts because he's got a vest or a brace. a brace on. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the shooting scene, did that, like, throw you off, like, the, the dream sequence was Margot Robbie. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I yeah, my jaw kind of dropped a little. I was like, oh, sh- I was like, holy shit. shit. And they were so high. They didn't react. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. No. And then and when they reveal it was out. just like a. Yeah. When they reveal it was a dream, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know how I felt about that. And that was the scene with him uh, when he's like dosed out and he's observing the whole conversation and everything after he you oh, know, yeah. gets shot. And Which you- I saw that you chose that that opening of that you chose for our outro. So people will hear yeah. that bit. And I, he's, just, he's watching Rami and Anya arguing with, uh, De Niro. De Niro and also Margot Robbie and John David Washington. And then Michael Shannon and Mike Myers there. Every, yeah. every major character we had seen comes back for this argument and they're all bickering back and forth. And he is just, he, you got to remember at this point he's on high pain medication and he just took those eye drops and he just got shot in the side. Luckily his, uh, his brace Brace. somewhat deflected the bullet, but he is just like, but the thing is (laughs) out of it. What gets, what got me is, you know, he's the best, he's the nicest character in the entire movie. And he, at this point he has take you, you assume he has taken a bullet. You haven't seen blood, but he, he got shot. He, bolted to one side and he's holding his side the whole time. 
But then he talks about the fact that he can't feel anything because of the pain medication and all this. Yeah. And he's so out of it. You're the whole time, man. I'm thinking, holy shit. I love this character, and this guy's going to, like, in the middle of the argument, he's going to fall over and die, and that's going to be the end of this fucking movie, and I'm yeah, going to I, write. I really was worried that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, no, because he's so sweet. Yeah. He's, like, helping, he helps other vets get, like, their faces put together because he also has disfigurements. I love the scene where when he's going out to speak to the vets, he peels off his prosthetic piece that covers his scars because yeah. he's like, these, these men understand. Yeah. And I don't and he it was the first moment he realizes he doesn't need to cover that up. And when he peels it off and goes on stage, I was like, what a good little scene. It was so small and, and so missable. But that was a really powerful moment of him being like, I don't need this anymore. Right. And when he's like the 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 performers, one of them's one of them's got a ton of facial prosthetics, one of them's missing an arm. There's the guy on glasses who's got one leg. If you look, there's the brothers that are uh, both of them have bullet wounds and stuff. And they're singing. And when he's listening to them singing, he's like, Charlie, Charlie, you didn't. He's like really excited that they've gotten really good. He's just such a pure, nice person. Right. Whenever he gets shit on by the uh, was it Vanda Horn family? Uh, it was Vander Vanden Heuvel. I don't yeah. know how to well, say that family. That, that that yeah yeah when they when they're shitting on him for just being kind of whoever he is, uh, you 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 really hate them. Yeah, you really sure. hate those people. Uh, generally speaking. Whenever we do these movies, uh, it's not always. I, I I buck the trend often, but there is usually like if fans like it, I'll often also kind of go. I see what the fans are talking about, and I like it. And if critics liked it, I often see that. But this movie only has like a forty eight percent fan rating and a thirty two percent critics rating, uh, and I honestly do not understand the hatred. You're all wrong. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> like this film. Now. Are there problems? Hell yes. Yeah. But is it entertaining? Yeah. I never got bored. I was never bored to this. No. No. And like I was mentioning in the last episode where I would not pause it but to go get drinks, I, if I was not within like vi- view of the TV, this movie was paused. I could not wait to see what happened next. And it's and a two-hour movie. Yeah, and it's a real testament to Christian Bale, too. I will say everyone gives great performances, but I think the Shining Star Award in this film goes to Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, just the character he plays is very endearing. I could watch a whole movie about him and Irma, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, and in my opinion, second place goes to the duo of Michael Shannon and Mike Myers, which I never thought I'd be saying that those two together were just phenomenal. Yeah. But, like... The, the fact that they're spies, we're not spies. Uh, he's in, he's a he's, glass he's, company he's and glass I work in finances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it pauses and puts their it's actual like, titles under them. And yeah, MI6 and, and uh, Naval Intelligence. Department. Yeah, I love that. I was like, yep, yeah, all right. <laughs> and like, part, and, uh, like the opening of the movie is a lot of this actually happened, which I love that opening because they show you at the end the speech that shows that some of this did happen. There yeah. was a plot. To put like Nazi sympathizers into the White House. Oh yeah, and I mean we know that. And sadly, America didn't make a decision to be anti-Nazi very quick. No, 
Uh, we were on the line for a long time. Some, we even had political Nazi parties over here. That some were would say that we're still not exactly over the line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we may have gotten a little closer uh, to that line. And must I bring up Henry Ford? <laughs> oh, yeah. Often considered a great American, also a avid Nazi uh, Nazi sympathizer. Raging Nazi. Yeah. Uh what a film, Jesse. What a what a madcap of film. Yeah. I like you said, I was not bored for a single second. Of it's hard this movie. to be. Yeah. Cause it, it is. It's manic. But I loved it. I loved how manic it was. I was always guessing what was gonna happen next. Who is this person? When the cops when the cops showed up the first time where he's like why do you think it's us? And he's like, well, uh, they said that a man was on the ground scurrying, <laughs> looking for his glass eye with his black lawyer. And, uh, that, that description doesn't fit a lot of people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, watching Taylor Swift get ran over by a car though. That was something, huh? Right. I did not see that coming at all. I had to rewind it. I was watching the TV when it happened. I had to rewind. Cause like, Holy shit. What just happened? You're like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Timothy Oliphant trying to uh that was cleanse them. Oh man. That that I, the something of the what is it called? The what of the five council of the five? The, uh committee of the five. Committee of the five, yeah. yeah. And it's the two fives together that sort of make a swastika. Really interesting. I like the I like that they always show us this weird angle of the house that uh-huh. Rami Malik's in. And the reason why is because you can't <laughs> tell that his shrubbery in his front yard is a giant swastika until yeah. the very end where they, they kind of give you an above view and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh shit. And then, I was like, now it makes sense why we had such weird angles during those scenes. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this film, Jesse. I actually really enjoyed it and I, uh, I got nothing bad to say about it. I don't either to be completely honest. Um, I will say I, I've, there's a few little snippets here uh, that I've got. Um, Absolutely. Let's hear for them. instance, the cat, the much of it says here. Uh, I'm working off of IMDb. They have a interesting sure. section here. It says much of the cast work for scale. Bale took less than his typical five million dollar fee, uh, and Malik earned a six figure salary, which is still a lot of money. But I mean, that's way less than they're normally taking. So that was really I mean, that was cool. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's a bad time for films like this. I don't think people care because even The Great Gatsby just did like didn't do as well as it should have, and then this didn't do very well. Uh, that Babylon with Brad Pitt, that movie didn't do very well. <laughs> I do think that there's maybe a uh, currently the trend of old Hollywood, old rich Hollywood, is something that people just you know while we have this financial issues that we're having in America right now, maybe people don't want to see the debutante and rich yeah. throw money out the window like nothing. Yep. And then I've another one I've got here. Uh, Margot Robbie was quoted as saying that the, uh, the film, uh, like the, the director never called cut at the end of the, the movie. He just kept rolling. Um, so the crew kept working and there on the last day of filming, the police actually had to come in because the per the filming permit expired and they had to wrap the film. <laughs> That's funny. Um, let's see, the rumored title of the film was Canterbury Glass. Oh. <laughs> um, All types of glass, except for window glass. Unless, of course, it's bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I like that line so much, but it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. 
So that's uh, uh that's pretty much what I got. Um, well, you know, well, one more thing I do have. This one was a funny one. Um, Valerie and Libby, or Margot Robbie and Anya Taylor Joy, are having an argument, and uh, Margot Robbie oh. says, "I'll send you to a witch trial." And it was uh, uh, it was the fact that Anya Taylor Joy starred in The Witch, which was set in the time of the Salem witch trials. I thought that was fun. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Or as uh, my friends affectionately call that movie, the the witch. <laughs> Because two V's instead of a W at the beginning. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's play one of our favorite games, Jesse. The Five Degrees of Joe Morton. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. All right, this one is my turn. Uh, I got it in two. I went uh, Christian Bale to Aaron Eckhart in Dark Knight. Okay. And then I went Aaron Eckhart to Joe in Paycheck. Paycheck. Jesse, I got it in one. What? What'd you get? Joe Morton. And I use this a lot, and I'm sorry, and I used it previously. Joe Morton and Michael Shannon were in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice together. (sighs) Ah. Nice. Joe Morton is Cyborg's father, and yeah. Michael Shannon is Zod. God. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, I just want to let it be known that uh, I've reached another level of uh, dadhood in the fact that I drove past Lowe's the other day with an entire – I had both children and the fiancé in the car. We drive past Lowe's. They have a big Sod uh, display, and I pointed <laughs> oh, out, I go, yeah. all hail Sod. Nobody Neo laughed. before Sod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. That's something I do in my free time. <laughs> no, I get it, man. We uh we had these uh display things that I forgot what they were for. Something on display, and the acronym was Zod. <laughs> and I used to always be like Neo before Zod when I worked at Radio Shack. I used to say it all the time. So I I get it. I get it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Jesse. <sighs> Should have bomb. One, two, three, four. Three, two, one, zero. But I hope the movie Old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brain. I hope it goes. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, I agree. I don't think so. I get why awesome. it did because. This is the equivalent of telling everyone on SNL to create a character away from everyone else, and then you go all try to act out a, a, a movie together. Yes. Everyone is kind of in a different spot. Everyone is doing something different. Everyone is everywhere, and there's a, way too many people to follow. I get why it failed, but I just enjoyed it so much. I just I just had a blast. Maybe, maybe it's the terrible films that we normally watch here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's possible. And like this kind of like refreshing break was something, but like I've seen this movie twice now and I wasn't bored and I didn't go, oh, this again or that again. I absolutely enjoyed it to the point where down the road I can see myself watching this film again. Yeah, 100%. I will watch this movie probably again within the week just to see it again and enjoy these characters again because. I love these fucking characters, man. 
Oh yeah. So I love the relationships. I, I, I love that time period for people because there's just so much you can do with it. But yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I don't get like an A plus grade, but I mean, I, I do suggest that people just avoid the David O. Russell information and go in and watch this and and really judge for themselves. I wouldn't let the uh, reviews or the box office be a, rep- a representative of what this film can be. Sure. And as far as the David O. Russell stuff, you got to remember, he's not the only one in this. You know, He's the director, but he's yeah. not every actor in this film. Every actor in this film is working to bring you entertainment and build a character that they think is true to the story. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And, and, and I think another issue is I, I have seen David O. Russell films and I enjoy them. I like American Hustle. That movie is also split. I like Silver Linings Playbook. That movie is split. I like The Fighter. I like George Clooney's Three Kings from 99. I do too. That is a good one. I Heart Huckabees. I enjoy that film. There's a lot of movies he's done. Romancing the Stone. Oh, that's an older one. I uh, think he did Anchorman, if I am correct. He did Adaptation with Nick Cage. This guy's done some great stuff. That doesn't mean he's not a piece of shit, but well, yeah. he does shape a movie in a way that is very untraditional, and I just kind of enjoy it. So that's all I got to really say about it. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. If you, if you're just like, I refuse to support the guy, I understand. I absolutely understand. Sure. But that being said, if you are able to look past him and you want to see a movie that's just entertaining and just kind of, it's quirky as hell, then watch this. Yeah. For sure. Or if you like any of the actors that are in it, because they're all doing such well, amazing shit. jobs. There's so many to choose from. Yeah. I mean, they're all doing such a great job. It's It doesn't matter which one of them you like. There is enough of them in the movie because it is so scattershot that you're going to get, you're going to like it. Yeah. I, I think that most people will watch this and take away something uh, of enjoyment. Yeah. And the core message just... is good, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That the inside, literally, I mean, you boil it down, and it sounds cliche, but the inside is what counts. Who yeah, you I are mean, as the a whole, person. Even, even the 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 weird B plot of Nazism. It's all about like, good people are good people, bad people are bad people, and and what they look like or where they come from doesn't mean shit. Exactly. So. Oh, that's that's what we got to say about that. Uh, what's next week, Jesse? It's the only way we can get everyone out. Short, Peyton, McDonald, Parks, you're next. Why not hand out blindfolds? All we're going to do here is die. Covering fire! That's all you get. That's as crazy as it gets. That is from Saving Private Ryan, 1998. And our next movie, I have never even heard of. Oh, the finest hours, 2016. Finest hours. That's a Chris uh, Pine movie, isn't it? I believe you are correct. Yes, uh, Chris Pine, Casey Affleck, Ben Foster, and Eric Bana. I like Casey Affleck. There's a lot of people in this film. Hmm, I'm just looking at the cast. Yeah, Eric Bana. Oh, that's cool. 
Graham McTavish. Yeah, I re- God, I love Graham McTavish. Dude, oh, the uh, dude is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like him in uh, uh, oh my God, uh, he's he's the knight. He's Scottish, but he plays a knight in um, House of Dragon and what's it called? He's very good in it. Yeah, Sir Harold Westerling. Yeah, Westerling. That's it. He's good in that. Yeah, he's in The Witcher. He's also he the just bald. Got one of those faces. Uh, <laughs> he's the bald dwarf from The Hobbit. The 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 like tough dwarf that is actually kind of interesting. Not one of the ones that's a background character. Yeah, I, I the finest I, hours. I remember him from. Uh, I first got like exposed to him. Uh, from Lucifer and Preacher. I was a big fan oh, of yeah. both those shows. And he's Preacher, the cowboy yeah, yeah. in uh, Preacher. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the Saint of Killers. Yeah, he's a cowboy. Uh, and then he's Father Kinley in Lucifer, which was, uh, my gosh, he had an entire, I think he was an entire season. Arc. That's funny because those two series are both DC and they cross over, but he plays two different characters in it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, the, awesome. By the way, The Finest Hours is... A 2016 American action thriller film based on the finest hours, the true story of the U.S. Coast Guard's most daring sea rescue. Huh. It chronicles the historic 1952 uh, <coughs> United States Coast Guard rescue of the crew of the SS Pendleton after the ship split apart during a nor'easter off the New England coast. Huh. Interesting. So it's going to be a rescue at seas film. Uh, oh, this cast is massive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So it's based on a true story. Obviously, it's going to have some, um, you know, exaggerations in it. Uh, fairly decent reviews, like an A minus B reviews. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I have, I knew, I know this film by the box art. Is what we used to call it back in the day. You people yeah. would say the poster, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But us, us old folks, yeah. say the box art because yeah. it's the ship, and then at the top is that American flag. It's got Chris Pine front and center, and it's got Casey Affleck, who I don't think gets enough roles. I I really like yeah. Casey Affleck, and I just feel yeah. like he doesn't get enough. Um, I already know I'll love Chris Pine in this because there's not been one movie, no matter how shitty it is, where Chris Pine isn't the best part of it. I agree. He's like just fucking charming. I cannot wait to watch Dungeons and Dragons. I am dying. To oh, watch it. it's so good. Yeah, I plan on watching it in the next couple of days. Like Fantastic. literally today or tonight or tomorrow, I will probably watch it. You're going to love it, Jesse. It's the humor in this film is a mix of my absurdist humor that I love and your dad humor that you love. Oh, it's this, it, so it's perfect. I can't wait. And if the um, if the illusion scene, I'll just say that if the illusion scene doesn't fucking kill you laughing, I, that's the one we're singing and he melts. Yes, right? yeah. I watched that, that on TikTok so many damn times. The the walk away scene <laughs> is a scene that I think you will go. Yes, this is comedy perfection. And the best part about that walk away scene, completely unscripted. Oh, I can't wait. Just happened. Uh, that being said, <laughs> uh, what are you watching? So, uh, what you watching? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. 
Do I accept Sorry. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. All right. Well, for me, uh, as far as video games are concerned, uh, recently the game Valheim came to Game Pass, and I've been playing that quite a bit. Uh, it's basically yeah, kind of like a Minecraft survival crafting game with a story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Story. Yeah. It's, like, it's a... It's kind you of love a, your crafting survival games. I do. I love my crafting survival games, especially if they have a dedicated server so that I can create a server and just have me and my friends on it because fuck strangers. Um, <laughs> I, What's the threat in this? The, so we've had ones where it's dinosaurs. We've had one where it's weird monster zombies. What's so the threat in this? The normal threats are um, things called, uh, like, well, skeletons are one of them. Uh, gr- these things called graylings that are kind of gremlin type uh, goblin guys, uh, giants, uh, and then there are also the whole object of the game is like five or six boss battles that you slowly work your way up to, and they're uh-huh. like um, forsaken gods of um, like uh, Nordic mythology. Oh, um, it's no. Oh, well, it's, that makes sense. Yeah, because Valheim. Yeah. yeah, you're. Uh, yeah, you're, you know, um, and you're you're the the world you're in is um is kind of the afterlife it's 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 purgatory i guess is what you would call it it's not really Valhalla. trying to get into Valhalla. yeah interesting yeah so it's it's really cool it's a and it's got an art style that is really hard to explain to people because they see it at first or you see a screenshot and you're like oh that looks kind of like garbage and the character models are specifically supposed to be very almost pixelated it it looks boxy and kind of gross yeah, for the a, character it's a very I'm, I'm looking at it right now it's very simplistic yeah but um it the, reminds me of fable yeah so where it's a bit cartoony yep uh and it's a bit old-fashioned on purpose and that's what the characters look like but what people don't get to see on a lot of screenshots is that you know your character models look like that but the entire environment around you is an entirely different rendering type thing i mean it looks amazing it's not realistic but it i mean light shafts you got god rays coming through you got a day night cycle it is absolutely gorgeous and you can turn on um constant music with it i think is what the cop the option is called uh but mm-hmm. the music in the game is just relaxing when it needs to be relaxing get you pumped up when you need to fight something it's perfect. I'm looking at like in the sky. There's always like a bran- like branches that can be seen of the yep. world tree. That's really cool. Yep, yep. There's a world uh, like all around you. It's just it's gorgeous. It's absolutely phenomenal looking. Um, if you like crafting survival games, it's fun. It really is. Um, you know your. Friends what would you say the play? level of this game as compared to like Ark, which is like nearly impossible to get started? Uh, it doesn't hold your hand. When you get started, there is a helper bird, Hunan, that you can, uh, you know, Hunan Moonan. Uh, but Hunan's the one you talk to. He can, he'll kind of give you tips, but he doesn't really hold your hand very much. I would give it difficulty of an arc being 10 and a Minecraft being 1. I'd put it around a okay. 3 to 4. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's okay. not, you're not going to play this game without looking something up on the internet. However, Everything is available on the internet, and a lot of things you find accidentally if you don't want to look that up. I got all the way to the Bronze Age before I had to start really looking things up because I just didn't know 
at that point. Like they they were introducing uh, item names that weren't actually real things in the real world. So I'm like, well, I don't uh, know what the hell that is, you know. So uh, is this a game that's fine by yourself or better with friends? Um, I like both. Honestly, if you want a game where you can, you have an objective. I was building, I'm building a village right now. Not even a house, a whole fucking village I'm building. (laughs) And that is one of those things that when I have friends, it's easier because they can keep bad guys off my back who constantly are trying to raid and everything. And, um, you know, they can help me gather materials and stuff. But I play it a lot by myself because it's relaxing and you get zoned in. The music. music, yeah, man. It's there are a few games out there that I play for the sheer relaxation of them. Valheim is one of them. Um, Shipbreaker, Hard Space Shipbreaker is another one. You know, those kind of games are my relaxation games. I was playing No Man's Sky for that reason, oh, but yeah. then it quickly becomes not that. <laughs> it, it gets, yeah, yeah. The first half of that game is like a pure relaxation, just run and running collect game and then all of a sudden it's like yeah now the pirates are here and it's not that anymore you're like oh shit yeah that one gets that one gets to me also because of its uh collect them all kind of a nature uh oh yeah because then i have the monsters and stuff yeah then i have to collect everything i have to scan everything i have to buy everything and get all the money and and every yeah yeah and you know i mean that's fun Believe me, God, I have like it's impossible though. The map in that game is so big; you oh, should yeah. never follow it all. Yeah, I I probably have almost a hundred hours our, in that per section of how it's how it's created. Technically, that map is bigger than our universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there are multiple universes in that game. Yeah, like yeah. you can skip to different, uh, just different gal. Well, not universes, but galaxies. You can skip to different galaxies. galaxies. I'm sorry, I said universe. Yeah, yeah, galaxy. So it's yeah, it's a cool game. But yeah, Valheim. It's on Game Pass for free if you want to try it. Might as well. Um, you can also crossplay yeah. on it. So it came oh, out on Steam good. first. So now uh, Steam players can crossplay with Xbox players, which is pretty cool. Oh well, if I um, so if I get it on my Xbox, I can. Maybe join you. Yeah. And then another thing, this is interesting. This is kind of like a Terraria thing. Um, so whenever... I love Terraria. Exactly. So when you create a character in Valheim, that character goes with you from server to server. So if I have a bronze sword and 100 scraps of leather in my inventory and I move to a different server, I have a bronze sword and 100 leather scraps in my inventory. So your oh, character okay. stays with you in between servers, so you don't have to worry about joining different groups of people. You can come with your character with its levels exactly where they were at and all your inventory and just continue your story from there. So, hmm. very That's cool. very interesting. Uh, and then I'm not going to explain this one too much uh, because I ran long on that. Um, the book that I suggest this time, I suggested a Stephen King last time. I'm going to suggest another Stephen King this time, but this is one uh, that I like more. Uh, it's eleven twenty two sixty three. If you like time travel mm-hmm. and conspiracy theories, this book is for you. About a person who goes back in time tries to stop the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Yep, uh, I've uh, also I've read this. Yeah, it's also a TV show so you're, you're with like, James Franco. You're into Stephen King novels, which I've read. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I uh, I have not watched that show. Uh, the show is good. The show is good compared to the book. It's not better, but it's it's good. It's definitely worth mm-hmm. it. But that's what I did. You have anything you watched? Yeah, so um, I haven't had a chance to watch anything new Uh, in a couple days. I am going to, well, 
Tomorrow. Oh shit. Tomorrow. tomorrow I'm going to see tomorrow. Fast X. Oh and, boy. Uh, and so at the end of uh, our review of uh, Finest Hours, <laughs> I'm going to go into a fucking full <laughs> Brandon Gasm and talk about Fast X. <laughs> I'm just gonna say I've <laughs> been fucking when I when I saw the first trailer for it I go, dear God. So okay, I gotta say this: these movies, and Jesse, you 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 know enough about my love of certain actors and stuff. These movies are fucking constantly upgrading themselves for me. <laughs> okay, like you know I love Kurt Russell. Yes, they fucking put Kurt Russell in these movies. You know I have a huge man crush on Jason Momoa. Yeah. They put Jason Momoa in these films. <laughs> uh, everything I like, if if these movies somehow figure out a way to put Mr. T into it, I'm just going to lose my fucking mind. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, if, if they're like, oh, we're going to meet Roman's dad and it's Mr. T, I think I might just die. <laughs> that's awesome Roman fool quit eating all the time I, I would <laughs> I would fucking lose my shit but anyway uh, that's not even what I'm watching that's just something I'm excited for guys more on that next week uh, what I am rewatching first I am rewatching all the fast films <laughs> okay uh, which really works because I'm replaying video games currently I bought the Final Fantasy 1 through 6 remake Get, uh, games and I'm playing through them. I beat one shockingly fast and I, I beat two. It took a little longer. I'm currently in three and I'm just loving replaying those. Uh, it is funny to see the evolution game to game. I can't wait till six. Six is one of my favorite ones. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, but I'm also rewatching the Batman beyond TV series. Uh, there was a mini documentary made about it by a, a, a YouTuber that I like where he was like talking about how how basically that show was made uh, because they wanted this really adult take on Batman that was different, but the studio wanted toys, and they were like, yeah, sure, we'll make you a toy show. And then they didn't, and then the toy <laughs> sales were terrible, and then they basically tried to can it and only got three uh, seasons, and even though fans loved it. So I'm rewatching that, and God, I just forget how – I forget how brutal and serious and good that show is. It is definitely not an, a kid's show. People straight up die, and, and it's wild. Um, I got a fun Australian punk band Ooh. as my my listen to. They are called The Chats. Okay. Like like a chat room. Um, the particular song that I have fallen in love with is Smoko. So a Smoko is what he, us in America would call a smoke break. Okay. So basically the song is from the view of a man on Smoko where his boss is asking him questions <laughs> and he's like, leave me alone. I'm on smoke break, but it's I'm on Smoko. And like, it's just <laughs> him yelling. And it's just the fuck. Like, first off, if you listen to this song, if you smoke, this will be the new fucking theme of every time you smoke you will scream i'm on smoko anytime someone asks you a question it is just a fucking blast um and even if you don't smoke it's just a fun fucking song because it's like that classic the vocals are bad the music is bad classic fucking punk rock kind of thing 
and they're Australian on top of it, so it's even more fun. There's some shit in there that you don't even know what they're saying because they're using Australian slang, and you know Australian slang is just wild. It just sounds. It's like, yeah, you get Muscovies <laughs> down to the Bang Diddy, and we went to Mackey's and uh, picked up some dead or two. And you're like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> so I tell the... So I tell the swamp donkey to suck and suck a me yard balls. <laughs> I'm sure there's like three people out there that know what I just quoted. Yeah. Uh, you're on a whole level. Di- you're on a whole different level of cursing than I am. <laughs> I still say God, like, I love if, that movie. If, so- if someone like says stuff and I can't understand it, I often follow up. So I tells the swamp donkey to suck it. <laughs> so I suck says- a me yard balls. <laughs> don't get a socket. Suck on me oddballs. <laughs> that's that's one of those so, movies. I it it's um Euro Trip. Yeah, you're it, it, it's one of those movies that you had to be that age at that yeah, time exactly. to fall in love with. <laughs> because going back now, you're like, eh. And but I we were we were the age. We were yeah. like 16 and 17 years yeah. old when that movie came out, and it was like everything. That and uh Road trip. We're like, yeah. like the like the, the we we existed during the perfect time for those movies to be something we love. My baby takes a morning <laughs> train. <laughs> oh, Vinny I mean, that Jones, movie also. Man. By the way, that movie has uh, Lucy Lawless in like a dominatrix outfit, and that yes. alone is worth watching. That with film. an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Under six. <laughs> A Vugerschlager. Vugerschlager? Yeah, Vugerschlager. Vugerschlager. Bring out the Vugerschlager! (laughs) (laughs) I also love the the German guy that won't go to Berlin. Yeah, fuck Berlin. I stabbed a guy in Berlin once. There's no way I'm ever going back to Berlin. (laughs) Hey, guys, he's going to Berlin. Uh, Yeah, because he's speaking German and they they can't understand. But all they hear is Berlin. (laughs) I I love, and uh, I love the scene where it's like, I don't know where it's just these two gorgeous topless women and they're just standing there staring at each other, like saying something in a language we don't understand. And then they just pick up a glass of orange juice to start drinking and then they set it down. And it's like orange juice. And it's like a German orange juice commercial. He goes, man, German commercials are crazy. Uh, uh that's awesome. I'm going to have to watch that movie uh, now. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it with road trip back and forth. It's got Matt Damon seeing. too. Tiny salmon swimming downstream. Oh, that's also an impossible dream. That's also the Fred Armisen uh, miscuzzi. Scuzzi, scuzzi, scuzzi. And the shoulder rub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no one can God. see what I just did, but yeah. the face he makes during the shoulder rub is great. Why are we talking about Euro? Trip? We are. Yeah, that, okay. face, that face is so good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> watch Euro Trip. Diedrich Bader's in it. He plays a burglar. Remember, he's like, take it all. He's like, thank yeah. you. You're very kind. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, everybody, uh, you can follow me on TikTok. I am Brando Supreme. And Jesse, you are the uh, the torchbearer for all of our other information. Where can they find that? Boxofficebombsquad.com would be the easiest place to find a bunch of things, a bunch of places you can find us. You can go to Spotify and subscribe to the podcast there. See any polls that we put out as well as show notes. Uh, you can, of course, find us anywhere that you want to listen to podcasts. If you are so inclined to not use Spotify, that's cool too. 
for me, I just put out my first Tiki Talk uh, uh, before the last episode. Who knows? In a couple of years, I may put out another one. You'll have to watch me at Fin of Doom on TikTok to find out, won't you? Probably. Not. I forgot to. I forgot to uh, follow you in last episode. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Now I gotta go find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll TikTok while we're doing the podcast. That would be uh, maybe you'd only hear one side of the conversation because I wear headphones. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it could, could maybe be interesting if you're into that sort of thing. Why not? Here you are, Pin of Doom. Oh, we're already friends. I was gonna say I think hey. we already follow each other. <laughs> so that already works. We. I follow your best friend on there just because it popped up for me, and I was like, yeah, sure, yeah. why not? Oh, he's a hot mess on there. Oh, yeah. I uh, During COVID, uh, his, like, re... Uh, what do you call it? What do you call it when you uh, when he reverted back to childhood Pokemon love during <laughs> that COVID? Like, yeah. he was quite entertaining to watch because he was getting so excited on PAX that I didn't even care about the anything going on. I was just like, look how excited he is. Oh, that little guy's <laughs> having a blast. And, like, he's like six foot five, by the way. People. Yeah. He's not a little he's guy by any means. Six foot he's five, muscles, tattoos. Yeah. yeah. It's just like him watching him get all like excited about Pokemon where him and his kid are opening pack. He's like, Oh man. He's like really getting into it. Like that innocence was just enough for me to go. Yeah. I'll follow this. This is good. (laughs) Yeah. Like I could care less about anything else going on here, but this is worth it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, You got anything else you want to follow out with before we end the show? Nope. I got nothing. Uh, we might, it's up in the air right now because of, uh, just situations. We might have a little mini episode coming up here soon. Uh, we'll discuss that later with you guys. Just don't hold your breath in case it doesn't happen. So we gave you hope and then we took it away. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm, Good. You want laser raptors? Because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you know so much. <laughs> Between my own pill and getting shot, these eye drops are the only reason I'm standing and I feel no pain. And holy shit, look what's happening in this room.